Welcome to March to the Pod, presented by Eternal Roofing. We are your consistent source for Sam Houston Athletics. In this episode, hey, the Cats won! What did that even really mean for the program? We're going to recap a solid season on the pitch for the Cats European football team, which ended in the Conference USA semifinals. And we close today's show with a preview and predictions for the Cats trip to Ruston for the inaugural football game in our made-up rivalry against Louisiana Tech. I'm your host, Corey Hogue, the non-FBS insider at Dave Campbell's Texas Football. Find me on your favorite social media channels, at Corey Hogue Sports, all one word, C-O-R-Y-H-O-G-U-E, and then the word sports. I'm joined by the creator and manager of Sports of SHSU, again, all one word, on Twitter and Instagram, the chief operating officer of the Cat Fund and proud Bearcat alum, Ben Sorrells. Ben, maybe since the Cats pulled out a victory, there's fewer walls getting fixed in the Huntsville area this week. But if you still have one from the last few home games, yeah, I think we need to get, have them give Eternal Roofing a call because they, they can do some general contracting as well. Absolutely, and that is the place to go, even if uh, you punched a hole in the wall down 14 nothing before the win came. So um, I think there might have been some room for it this week. But yeah, eternal roofing, uh, roofing, contracting, Christmas lights, everything in between, they're definitely your place to go for all of that. They are, and we're going to go ahead and give you the numbers. We'll do that a few times throughout if you have, if this is your first time listening. Contact them, Montgomery. They got two offices, one in Montgomery County, 936 is the area code, 215-8539. And the Hill Country, you can reach them at 830-251-5673. Also by email, taylor at eternalroofingtx.com. Get a hold of Eternal Roofing. They are your one source need for anything you need for roofing and general contracting from the Hill Country to Houston throughout the state of Texas to be honest. And, and Ben, I think Taylor's probably, are you happy with the win? Like from an emotion, cause that was, we thought the cats were just going to come out and kind of roll, right? Kennesaw's an FCS team. We thought maybe they just lay down. They did not. And a couple turnovers early left a lot of people's kind of scratching their heads and very unhappy. Yeah, I, I think you have to be happy you won. Um, I mean, are you going to be as happy as you would be if they just kind of rolled them and won by 30 or 40? No. But um, it was a really bad start. And um, I'm just glad they found a way to cut, recover and kind of claw their way out because they had every excuse not to. And 0-8, and being down 14 points to a, a not very good FCS team, um, had every reason to roll over. But I think um, so they still had some heart and some fight in them, which was good. Definitely wasn't pretty. Uh, I wouldn't say you, you take away a lot of good from the game, but it feels really good to, to get a win. And that, the one positive I think I'll take is uh, you made winning plays down down at the end of the game in the fourth quarter. You made winning plays. And so if there's one thing to take away from it is you found a way to win a close ball game, which is hopefully some momentum you can take into next week. Yeah, definitely. And, you know, I, I think – you were in the stadium. Uh, you were there. I, I'm curious from your perspective, because I, I was not, I didn't watch the game. And when I remember day it started, I looked over and it was 14, nothing at that point. I was not turning on the football game. 
Um, but from your perspective, being at the game, what was the, was it a lot of anxiety in the air at the moment when they went down 14? Was it, was it doom and gloom kind of overall, what was the, the mood of the stadium? Yeah, I don't really think there was much expectation even coming into the game. So when they went down 14, nothing, I don't even feel like it was that big of a shift. I think the only time you kind of felt it shift is when um, it was close down there at the end. And I think people just wanted to win no matter how it looked like. And so, um, yeah, I, I don't really think people were even that on edge when we down, went down 14, nothing from what it felt like. I mean, I'm sure some people were, but it was kind of like, okay, well, maybe we might just lose another one. But um, yeah, it was kind of that for three quarters. And in the fourth quarter, people kind of got amped up and were like, okay, I think we can win this game. Let's go win this game. So yeah, it was definitely an interesting afternoon at Bowers. What was the sense on the sideline from the players perspective and the coaches perspective? Let's keep it focused there for now. Yeah, um, man. I mean, there was no quitting the guys. I mean, they definitely came out flat. Uh, have to say that I mean it's 14 nothing and they weren't playing well and Keeler even said that in his uh, post-game speech in his press conference that they just came out flat to, to begin with and it wasn't even Kennesaw beating them it was just them beating themselves and them not executing so uh, definitely wasn't good to start with uh, but I think they really kind of picked it up um, there towards the second quarter and into the second half and I don't know what what the slow start was maybe it was an early kickoff haven't played a lot of early games wasn't a night game I don't know what it was but um definitely was flat to come out with but the team definitely picked it up and I like the life that they showed especially there in the second half this was their first game back on Saturdays wasn't it yeah first one yeah the last one was against U of H I believe yeah so th it's been a while so maybe getting used to it maybe not it you know what? We're gonna we're gonna talk about if that win actually meant anything to the program, of, you know, moving forward and what we can take away from it. But before we do, want to let you know that we are a podcast on the Republic of Football Network and an extension of Dave Campbell's Texas Football. Please like and subscribe to the podcast and follow us on various social media platforms, including Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, and Threads at March to the Pod. It's all one word. The word March, the number two, the pod. And if you're watching us on the Dave Campbell's YouTube page, special hello to you. Thank you for joining us. So did this win mean anything? And when I when I was thinking about that, Ben, I, I think anytime, A, you can get positivity going is a good thing. And so the win definitely does that. I also think the manner in which they won, they did fall down early. They had to regroup and they did. And I think they proved to themselves that they can still be a good football team. And then to come down and finish it with a game winning drive field goal, that kind of, that, that kind of build, that can build momentum. It, it can build it. Will it mean anything? We won't know until this weekend. Uh, but we do know it did mean something for the kicker. <laughs> it did for the kicker, and I think it did for the, the guys and the coaches, too. I mean, they were going crazy after the game because I think it was uh, one year, five or six days to the date of their last win. So it definitely meant something to finally get a win. And um, I think it means something because if you did lose, I mean, that would have just been a disaster. And so you avoid that. Um, that's a small positive. I mean, you also found a way to make winning plays, like we kind of just mentioned, down the stretch, which is maybe something you can take into the next couple of weeks. And so 
some small victories. I don't think you're really going to take a ton of moral victories with how you played, especially for that first half for the most part. Um, grand scheme of things, I don't know how much it means. I mean, it's technically your first win is an FBS program, but um, I definitely think there's some positives you can take from it. And you're playing a Louisiana Tech team this week that uh, is no longer able to be bowl eligible. Um, you're coming off your first win, feeling probably the best you felt all year. And so maybe you can take some of that into this weekend's game. Hopefully, and we should. I, did I see that right? Colby Sessoms was given a full ride scholarship after that after that game winning kick. Yes. So starting in uh, next semester in the spring, he'll be on full scholarship, and he's been really good. Um, I think he's everything they asked for and more. Transferred in from Lamar, and so he's got three more years left at least, and so he could be a piece of this team going forward for a while. Well, he'll be a piece with a scholarship and congratulations to him. That really is a big thing to get that, to get put on the, on the scholarship at that. And, and, you know, we forget sometimes, even with 85 scholarships, you've got people playing without them. You've got people that walk on that are paying their own way and playing football strictly for the love. If you're paying for it, you, that is the opposite of professionalism, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And he was rewarded with also special teams player of the week as well. Uh, so special teams player of the week, hitting the game winning field goal for your team's first win as an FBS program, getting put on full scholarships. So yeah, feel good for him. He's a guy that in camp was dealing with a leg injury, um, barely made it back in time to start the year. Um, so fought through a little bit of adversity there. So really happy for him and he's performed really well so far. Also think we need to talk about the defense, you know, outside of the first drive where Kennesaw went three plays, 83 yards. Uh, and then the, the turnover put them in a bad, bad situation there. Uh, and on the second one, they, they shut them down after the first couple first, you know, first quarter, basically, especially the first drive, like 11 minutes to go in the first quarter, they were down seven, nothing had given up uh, 83 plays, 83 yards, three plays in a minute. And then the defense responded, gave up that touchdown on short field, but didn't give up another one until there was 349 or no, it was uh, 458 to go in the second and didn't give up anything after that the whole second half. That's the defense that I think we expected to see, but that we have been missing the last few weeks. Yeah, and really since conference play started, um, and I actually sent something over to some people at Louisiana Tech. They asked what the biggest key to success for us this weekend is, and I think it's to start fast. You've dug yourself into a hole against Liberty, New Mexico State, did it against Kennesaw, um, did it against FIU, and almost every single time it's been too much to crawl out of. And so the defense, I think, has to come out strong, let the offense find their footing, um, because the defense has shown that, man, once they settle in, they're not going to give up many points. I mean, zero in the second half against Liberty, zero in the second half uh, against, um, who am I missing? Oh, New Mexico State gave up zero in the second half against Kennesaw. So if they can lock in early and the offense doesn't have to play from behind, I mean, that's going to be huge for this team. And they need to build a lead. Like, I mean, we need to be honest about it here because this team does not have the quality depth as we have talked about ad nauseum this year. And because they don't have that quality depth, Sam Houston needs a, a three score lead going into the fourth quarter to 
even begin to feel comfortable at this point, I think, against FBS teams. Right. And you got to give your offense a chance to operate the way they need to operate. I mean, if you're down 14 points with 10 minutes left, I mean, you're going to rely on Keegan Shoemaker just tucking the ball deep every time, which isn't how this offense works when it's going well. And so, um, yeah, definitely don't want to play from behind because you just don't have the offensive firepower to do it and you don't really have the personnel to do it also. But if you can stay in a game that's 17-17 going to the fourth quarter or 24-17 Sam Houston going to the fourth quarter, I think you have to feel at least okay and think you've got a shot at it. I would feel much better with a three-score lead. I just We've <laughs> seen them at, at home, man. We've seen how hard yeah. it is for them to close in the fourth quarter. And that, that really is a fact that – you can only play your players so much before they get tired and you don't have anyone that you feel confident enough to sub in and to play at that level needed to, to get off the field. And I think part of that too, is you go down, uh, what was it? 10 points to Liberty and you've got to push so hard just to find a way to get back in it. And then you just can't finish. You go down 10, nothing to FIU and you've just got to push so hard to try to finish it. And you don't have enough there at the end. Uh, same thing against UTEP. I mean, you kept it close and just didn't have enough to finish. And so you've got to start fast and, like you said, build some sort of lead um, because the depth is definitely a problem in most games from what we've seen. We see it in sports all the time, and I think we we talk about it maybe a little more when it comes to a basketball than than a football. But when you're down and you have to fight back, you're you're expending a ton of energy to get back, a ton of mental energy and physical energy. And you only have so long before that's going to falter in a game. And so the le- the more you can save up early and save for the fourth quarter, the better it'll be. So I, I think that's a good point as well. Yeah, yeah. Don't want to play from behind because I think they can do it, but I don't know if they have enough to get over uh, and get that win. So I, I think that's the biggest key. And like I said, I, I sent that over to some Louisiana Tech guys last night and um, I think that's going to be the biggest key this week and these final couple games. If you can come out hot, I think you've got a shot. It's just something you haven't done yet, and you're going to have to figure out how to do it. Well, hopefully they will get that done this weekend. That is something we will see, and we're going to preview the game against Louisiana Tech here in a little bit. But first, Ben, tell us about the Cat Fund, some things that are going on with it, and how people can get involved. Yeah, cat-fund.com. You can see all of our different membership levels. Definitely a great way to get involved with Sam Houston um, and to help support these athletes and also receive some membership perks of your own, um, working with basketball to get their deals done here pretty pretty soon um, as their season gets going this week and um, just finished up that golf tournament a couple of weeks ago. So yeah, definitely a great time to get involved with, with Cat Fund. Um, been in operation now for eight or nine months, which is pretty crazy if you think about it. So definitely a lot of good stuff going on, cat-fund.com. Um, yeah, sign up and get involved. Yeah, we, we are coming up on the one-year anniversary of it, and that is of the launch. And uh, it does seem like it wasn't that long ago. Uh, at the same time, Ben, I think it's important. People need to know, maybe, maybe you don't have the big donor money, but – Sitting around and complaining about the program isn't going to help anything change. The best way you as a fan can help the program get better is to donate money. If you've got money to spend in a big way, please do. Please give it to the athletic department. Please let them let them use that. But if you don't have the money that you could just give to an athletic department because they would look at your $5 and laugh, 
Cat Fund is a great place for people like that. Like me. I, look, that would be me. I'm not, I am not a big donor person by any means. Yeah, as little as 10 bucks a month or a hundred dollars a year or $110 a year, it's definitely the place to go. And even little stuff like subscribing at the lowest level or showing up to games and buying tickets or buying merchandise and wearing it around. I mean, it's a little stuff that that helps. And we need all that we can get right now with, with Sam Houston, need all the positive momentum we can have. You you know, I think I don't think we, we think of that too. The the wearing the Sam Houston stuff. If you look at your closet and you walk out that day and you've got a choice between another university or a Sam Houston shirt and you choose the other university, you are hurting Sam Houston right there. You're you're hurting the Bearcats because as you walk around in it, people see it. People want to buy that stuff. Uh look. You guys have those black hats, the baseball hats that are black with the, I believe it's an orange bill. That's a smooth looking hat. Go buy. If you like hats, you like wearing them, go get one, go get a shirt. If you see, if you'll ask somebody, where'd you get it? You don't have to always get it from the bookstore, even though that does help because a lot more of that money will go back to the university and to the athletic department, but, but giving them the publicity, wearing the stuff around, it, it really does help. Yeah, every every little bit helps. And I mean, even if you aren't buying seats at games, just go buy a hat, go buy a shirt, wear it around. I mean, we got to do everything we can to help elevate this program and take it to the next level. Um, It takes all of us, that's for sure. It does. And if you want to talk about an alum of Sam Houston that puts money back into the university, uh, I think you got to talk about Taylor Andrus and his crew at Eternal Roofing. That's what they do. The great thing, one of the big big reasons why we were very happy to to get involved and team up with Taylor and Eternal Roofing was because of his status as an alum it is important to keep that connection and have that bearcat connection and that's what they have and so if you're a bearcat and you need roofing work or you need general contracting Taylor Andrus and the people at Eternal Roofing are the people you should give a call or a shout out to you can reach Taylor by email Taylor at eternalroofingtx.com. Montgomery County, you got area code 936-215-8539. And the Hill Country office is 830-251-5673. Listen, it's not just roofing. They do general contracting as well. They can repair your gutters, garage doors, install floors for you. Any woodworking need, crown molding, things of that nature. Repair sheetrock. And hey, Christmas season. You, you, if you've listened before, you know we like to talk about the Christmas lights. It is coming up. Uh, displays are starting to come up, and so get get a hold of Eternal Roofing and get on that calendar soon to get one of those spots to get some Christmas lights and some other roof work done. Because as we head into the winter months, you don't want a roof that that fails on you when it's cold outside. You do not. And I saw they reposted on their Instagram page a couple of days ago. They've got a couple spots left for Christmas lights and um, season long maintenance, expert installation and hassle free removal um, when the season ends. So definitely the place to go for Christmas lights. And it sounds like they've got a couple spots left as we get uh, closer to Christmas. Hey, you can't beat it, man. Not only do they put them up, they take them down. Yep, absolutely. Do it all in one stop shop. I mean, listen, you can't get any better than eternal roofing. Give them a call and get one of those spots. I'm telling you, you won't be disappointed with what they do for Christmas lights for you as well. And you get a chance to meet them, and they're good people, and that that also is important. Ben, we need to talk about the European football team. And boy, did they do a great 
job uh, this season. Uh, you know, you had them slotted, I think, maybe even a little bit lower than where they ended up. They made the semifinals of the Conference USA, put up a heck of a fight before they went down against a good New Mexico State team. First season in Conference USA, uh, a coach that's really trying to get this program built back up took a major step forward this year. Yes, huge step forward. Um, making it to the semifinals with a great three to two win over FIU, who was the fourth seed in the tournament, and you lost to them earlier in the season. Um, so you could just even just see the growth right there. And then you lose two to nothing to New Mexico State. I actually watched that entire game and um, it's tight at the half. Sam Houston had a bunch of shots on goal early in the second half, just couldn't convert. Um, New Mexico State finally found one in about the 70th minute, and then they scored again in the 88th minute. Um, so just fell a little bit short. Um, it was your second game in three days, but really proud of this team, really proud of this program. And just to kind of show how far the program has come, I think Lamar won the Southland and went 14-2 and two this year. And um, your second game of the year, you took Lamar all the way down to the I don't know, like the 70, 80th minute, Lamar scored one nothing, or it might have even been the final five minutes. Um, so you're probably the best team in the Southland or second best team. And that's something we never were able to say a couple of years ago. Um, not that we're going to look back at the Southland or go back to the Southland, but um, Lamar ran through the Southland. And I think they scored in the final 10 minutes uh, of an early season game. Um, so this program is definitely elevated talent level is elevated and I'm really excited for next year because you've got a lot coming back. Well, and that's what I was going to talk about. You know, I look at the roster and you've got uh, three graduate students. I believe they're out of eligibility, but listen, always take that with a grain of salt there until we get through all this COVID stuff, right? Like we still got COVID years. I believe they are out of eligibility if they're a graduate student. I was going to say all of them are except for Libby Harper. Harper, I believe. <laughs> She joined the season mid-season, mid actually, from England. Um, so she's from England, and I believe she's actually only going to be a sophomore next year. It was her first year playing college soccer. Um, but she's listed as a graduate because of whatever schooling she did in England. And she was actually your primary goalkeeper down the stretch and started the FIU game. Um, so, I mean, you're really only losing. You've got a couple seniors and a couple graduates, and you return 80% of the roster, something like that. Boy, that 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 – pretends good things for next year and Libby comes from the Townsend Church of England school and if anyone has ever been over there the Church of England and their schools are there it's all over the place it's like an ISD here in the United States everything yeah. is a Church of England uh, school and if you ever get a chance to go over and visit some of them it's different. It's a different academic setup than anything you see here in the States. Uh, hey, look, I think it can only benefit us to have someone who is from Europe playing European football. Yeah, I mean, somebody's got to do it for us, right? And someone's got to represent the motherland. How the are you going to know how to play European football if you don't have somebody from Europe on the team? Hey, that's when things started to really turn for us. I mean, she didn't get here till the middle of the season. That's when we started to take off. So I think it's all adding up and we just figured this thing out. All jokes aside. And, <laughs> you know, there's also, is that, is that uh, twins on the team? Cameron and Kennedy Baccaro? Uh, I don't, I don't know. I, I may, I would think so. Yeah. And they're coming from the same place. So that's what it's looking like. I was going to say, uh, Katarina, I don't know how to say her last name. I don't want to try to. Baron, 
Um, her sister recently played for the team as well. So there's been a couple siblings come through the team recently, it looks like. Well, the, the Vaqueros played club for Houston Dash, dual citizens of United States and Ecuador. Man, I love reading about these people. You you find out that it's just really cool stuff. You can learn a lot from people that have been to other places around the world for sure. Yeah, absolutely. And just some of the names coming back for next year that I'm really high on, Pam Murray, um, one of your top leading goal scorers. She was awesome in both tournament games. Tiana Johnson, um, she was SWAC player of the year last year, really came on strong at the end of this year. Alessandra Maldonado, she was another one that was huge. Kennedy Baccaro was big too. So you have some really big pieces from this team that are coming back that were on this year's team. Okay, so it doesn't say in the profiles if the Baccaros are twins. But Corey's feeling pretty confident that they're pretty close to it. They look a lot the same. Of course, they have the same last name, so I'm going to believe they're related. Uh, they come from the same place, played for the same club teams. I'm going to say they're related. Probably <laughs> sisters, likely twins, if not born, just, you know, whatever the time limit is to not be twins. Right, yeah, I I agree with that. Um, I, I'm looking at, I didn't even realize that, honestly. But yeah, I'm, I'm going to go with you. I'm going to lock in my final, final answer and say twins. <laughs> Guys, I, this show has just gone off the rails today because Corey just gets stuck on something, and that's what we're going to go with. Speaking of getting stuck on something, I got stuck on watching something besides that bad football game on TV last night. And, uh, Ben, I watched the men's basketball team and Coach Chris Mudge pick up his first win as head coach and first win of the season. They went into Pacific, and they beat a team that's pretty darn good. They beat them 64-57, I think, on the road, first game. We saw things like any team early in the season. You see areas that need improved. But I think we saw a lot of positive things, especially defensively. Yeah, especially defensively. And congrats to Coach Mudge on on win number one. It was cool to see that celebration in the locker room after. But yeah, it looked really good defensively. Forced twenty three turnovers. Um, held Pacific to a really low shooting percentage. I think in the high twenty uh, percent. So that was a really good sign to see. Um, got to really see some of the new guys, some of the big name transfers. Uh, David Barnes. Uh, did some really good things in the second half. Was really impressed with uh, Suleiman Dumbia. Um, had some other returners look really good. Cam Buchner, Jaden Ray, uh, Lamar Wilkerson. So got to see a lot of really good stuff. Um, I'm really excited about this team. Got the home opener Thursday night. But uh, yeah, I think it's a great start. And anytime you can get a road win um, against a good team, I think that's a huge momentum boost for the program. Uh, the offense struggled, but I think at this point of the season, it, it's like preseason baseball, preseason football, right? The the defense is always ahead of the offense early in the season. Uh, you know, so pitchers takes them a bit to warm up in spring training, so the hitters may have an event. Some people say it's otherwise. Heck if I know. But I know in football, you'll see the defense definitely be ahead of the offense, especially early. So to see that here – not unusual. Do want to see more from the offense, more team play, less individual play when needed as the season rolls on. But that, you know, we're not here to talk about the things that can be improved. Coach Mudge has that. What we need to talk about is that celebration. And Ben, if you hadn't seen it, go find it. 
uh, go find it on the social media. And my favorite part is the guy so brave to be standing on the chair with an entire Gatorade bucket full of water, just ready to rain it down on Coach Mudge when he walked in the locker room. I know. I'll have to go and see if I can find out who that is. But uh, I'm sure the coaches probably didn't like that because I think all the coaches came in with Mudge. But, yeah, we don't want to see anybody get hurt in the locker room celebration after game one. Um, I think that's that's something we're trying to avoid, I believe. No, look, the coaches were smart. They were like, no, no, look, we're going to let you take this one all by yourself, head coach. Right. It, it was it was Anthony Vachez and Lewis Rowe on the chairs. It looks like there we go. One of them was holding that bucket. And so, look, the assistant coach, you could see him like stand back with their phones, like and laughing and smiling because they didn't get wet while Coach Mudge is sitting there soaking wet in the in the visitors' locker room. I know it's it's such a fun scene, and you love to see that. It really seems like these guys love each other. It looks like they play for each other too. I mean, offense didn't look great most of the night, but man, they played hard and uh, getting on the floor for loose balls, getting blocks, being in position on defense, and uh, yeah, I like this team. I, I really like where it's at. I, I'm interested to see how it develops over the course of the year. I think that's how you can really tell what what a team's going to be is how they develop. It's not where they are on the opening night or how much talent they have, but. Really excited about it, that's for sure. And it was water, okay? So let's not get all, let's not be clutching pearls about leaving a locker room a mess. It's just water. It's easy to clean up, people. Yes, yeah, yeah, it, it was definitely water. It's fine. I'm sure plenty of teams have done it in every locker room across the country. And uh, yeah, one. go ahead. No, go ahead. And I was going to say one final point about this team. Uh, one final thing I want to hit on is, we talked about this last week, how the past two years it's kind of been Davion Flag or Quay Grant going for 20-plus and then hoping you can get enough from the other guys. Um, you had four players score anywhere from 10 to 15 points, and Cam Hoofner scored nine. So you had five guys score between nine and 15 points, and I like that. I, I think you've got five guys that can score, and that's really encouraging because um, it, it's great to have that one superstar, but to have five guys that can go score in double digits um, – I think that could be a good sign going forward. Yeah, I'm going to want to see some people who can actually hit a three. Three of 16 is not uh, not going to cut it very often. But, hey, they got the win. That's what matters. Coach Mudge got the water. And, listen, if you got water damage, we know who to call. If you need crown molding, we've talked about it. General contracting. That falls under eternal roofing. So, maybe – what the Bearcats did was just go and try to help eternal roofing get expanded out to California. Yeah. I think the players were in on it. I think they had it all. They said, Hey, we're going to go in here and win a game. We're going to douse the locker room with water and talk about it on the podcast the next day. (laughs) There you go. It was all, all part of it. So, Hey Pacific, if you need free detailed inspections for roof or flooring or anything, fast professional service, they're not going to, they're not going to give you a high pressure sales pitch. Okay, so Tigers, you can hold off on that. But what they do bring is exceptional workmanship warranties and exceptional materials. They use certain certain teed shingles known for superior weather resistance. They're going to last a while. They're going to look good on your home. And, and they're also specialists in commercial roofing. They can accommodate your HVAC system, any other roof equipment while they do and, and keep your operations normal while they repair or install the roof, you definitely want to give them a call and visit their website, eternalroofingtx.com, 
you can find a gallery on there of past projects. Uh, they really do great work. And you can reach them. Going to give you the number. Get some paper and pen ready if you haven't haven't already gotten this down. But in the Hill Country office, it's area code 830-251-5673. Montgomery, 936-215-8539. And you can always email taylor at eternalroofingtx.com. That's T-A-Y-L-O-R at eternalroofingtx.com. Ben. It is time to preview a team whose nickname is so embarrassing the women's basketball team refuses to even acknowledge it. We're talking about the Bulldogs of Louisiana Tech. It still don't fit. Yeah. I, I like Texters and Lady Texters much better than Bull. They should have just they should have just went ahead and adopted Texters. I know. It's almost like Sam Houston just changed like the Sam Houston polar bears. It just Makes no sense. I mean, the Bulldogs in Louisiana, I I don't get the correlation. Textures does sound much better. Well, and do I, I kind of actually, to make that joke, read up on it a little bit. And it's because the, the coach did not want to go by lady Bulldogs. Because if you know what the common term is for a female dog, they didn't want to be known as that. I don't blame them. Um. So they said, we're not lady dogs. We're going to go and be call ourselves the lady texters. And it stuck, but only for the women's basketball team. Every other women's team is known as the Bulldogs. Yeah. I was actually on the Go Tech Please Don't Die podcast the week it came out. And that, that was a huge uh, topic of discussion for them. It was definitely a, uh, it's pretty new. It's only been instituted for a couple months now coming into this season i believe um so yeah it's definitely a thing that they've kind of been up in arms i don't know if up in arms is the right word but it's been a topic of discussion well you know i they need something to discuss because when you live in ruston louisiana for crying out loud there ain't a whole lot to do ben there yeah i've driven through there one time and i don't remember anything about it so yeah i think i mean huntsville may not it, it has some stuff but it may not be the greatest but you're not far from a metropolis of whatever you want in houston um rustin do they have anything close besides cattle and farms and ranches mm. and maybe swamps, swamps. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> can't forget the swamps come on you gotta give louisiana their crops that's the one thing that they they've got nailed down it's very swampy Thankfully, here in Wichita Falls, it has not been as swampy the last couple of weeks. Uh, and we're going to have another cool down here soon. Speaking of swampy, tell us about this horrible Bulldogs. They're not bad. This is actually a pretty good Bulldogs football team. Maybe a little better than we thought they would be, Ben. Right. The The record says three and seven, but um, man, it's kind of a similar theme to what Sam Houston season has been like. I mean, a loss of three points, a loss by seven points, a loss by two points, a loss by three points. Um, so they've been in almost every single game that they've lost. And um, it's a team that can be explosive at times. They've got maybe the top wide receiver in Conference USA um, and Smoke Harris. Him and Malachi Corley at Western Kentucky are probably the two best receivers. And then you've got a quarterback in Hank Bachmeyer who transferred in from Boise State um he started the year kind of fell out of the rotation has come back on and played pretty well um, but he's got some talent and when he's slinging it he's pretty good 
Um, so yeah, the offense can score. Um, they, they just can't really find a way to finish games and their defense has also struggled at times. It's another theme. I mean, they've given up 56, 31, 35, 40, uh, 38 kind of things. So, uh, they'll give up some points, but they're, they'll score some points too. And, uh, just it's going to be two teams that haven't been able to find a way to win games. That's for sure. Well, you know, uh, it's, it's awesome. We we begin this made up rivalry uh, with two teams coming in very similar. Ben, I mean, what can we expect to see from our cats this week? I think at times they've played maybe better on the road away from Bowers, but at times they haven't. Uh, I will say this. This game, they have to win because if they don't, Ben, then I am locked into winning the under that I said it would be before the season started. And uh, honestly, the Cats have got to win out the next three games just to get what what most of you said was going to happen with the over. I, I just want to point that out. Yeah, yeah. And even I had us at five wins, I believe it was. So even I was a little ambitious. I mean, it definitely could have been five wins if you if you find a way to win some games. But um, yeah, this weekend, I think it's going to be another game that's going to come down to the last six minutes of the game, last five minutes of the game, one, maybe one drive, one play. Um, I don't think Sam Houston's really looked outmatched by anyone in Conference USA. And I don't think Louisiana Tech's going to do that. Um, so I think it's going to be a really close game. Do you want me to give a score prediction now? Are we doing that now? Or are we going to? Well, let, before we get into predictions, because Vegas actually did decide to give us some lines and things to kind of guide us by here. Uh, they have Louisiana Tech winning by seven and a half as the latest that I saw over under at 48 and a half, little, little higher than maybe I expected. Um, that, so Vegas is saying that the Bulldogs, that's what you want to call yourself, are going to win 28, 21 right around in there ben what do you say yeah i'm, I'm really close to that um i'm gonna go 24 21 louisiana tech like i said i don't think this is gonna be any i don't think either team's gonna blow each other out um i think it's really whatever team shows up and wants to win the most um and, and that can find a way to make winning plays at the end and neither team has really done that this year so uh, I think being um, on the road is going to be a little tough. Louisiana Tech being at home is going to be an advantage. I know Sam Houston's dealing with some injuries. Um, Keeler said that they're going to be out probably three or four starters that started this last week on top of already being pretty thin. And so um, I'm going to give Louisiana Tech a slight edge. I'm going to give them a three-point victory. Um, wouldn't be surprised if we find a way to win. Louisiana Tech might just roll over now that they're not being they're not able to be bowl eligible, but I'm going to go 24-21 Louisiana Tech. All right, what you're about to hear is the greatest analysis of a, of a game ever. Here. Both teams have struggled to win, but La Tech has won twice more than Sam Houston. You, look, that's all you need to know, right? Like, <laughs> I agree, Ben. I agree. It's going to be close. It's likely going to come down to the end. There's likely going to be a lot of times where all of us ask, does anybody actually want to win the game? Uh, I think that's going to be a valid question in the third and fourth quarters. But when it comes down to the end, there's two things that's going Louisiana Tech's way. 
Number one, they're at home. Number two, they've uh, they've won, you know, three games compared to beating one FCS team. And number three, they've they've got that maybe not quality but better depth than Sam Houston has, and that does play out if you're close in the end. I'm going over 27-24. I'm going field goal, too. I don't think it's going to be seven. I'm going 27-24 Latte. Yeah, we're on the exact same page. Two of the three points you brought up were my two points. I mean, I think the depth thing is one, and then being at home is another. And so uh, definitely think we could win. I, I'm not going to pick us two. I think Louisiana Tech will, but wouldn't shock me if we will. But I think those are the two reasons why I'm going to leave Louisiana Tech. Told you it was going to be the greatest analysis ever. <laughs> I just you used can... what you said, man. That's all. That's And you're not wrong in, in – I mean, we say they haven't found a way to win games and they've they've lost a lot of one possession games, but they have won a one possession game to start the year, 22 to 17. So they've done it once. I mean, they've lost, I think, four other games by one score. Um, so not, they're not great at it. But like you said, they've done it a little more than we have to this point. Well, and they've had that coaching staff has been together now for a few years, a couple, a couple of years, I believe it is. This is their second or third year with Cumbie there. Yeah. Second year, second year with Cumbie there. Yeah. Second year, second full year with Cumbie being the coach there. Also it's homecoming. Yeah. It's their homecoming. It's a two o'clock start uh, at whatever they Joe I stadium. Is that how you say his name? Who knows, man, it's Louisiana. Occasion. It's probably Cajun, you know. Hey, at least it'll smell good out there, right? Like that's that's the positive. The the atmosphere, the the tailgating is gonna be top notch. Mm-hmm. I think the tailgating beats what Sam has, to be honest with you. It's got to with the food, right? Uh the food, yeah. I, I don't know what their tailgate scene looks like, but when it comes to food, I mean they gotta be towards the top of Conference USA. I mean, if they're not, I mean that's a disappointment. And how do you feel as a Cats fan? knowing that they saved you for the last home game of the season to put you in as homecoming. They really believe in trying to schedule a win. A lot of colleges don't, but La Tech truly believes they want to try to win a homecoming game. Yeah, and I think there's some sort of – the motivation on each side is a reason why I think San Houston can compete in this game. Um, San Houston coming off a win. I mean, they're as juiced up as they've probably been since week one or two. Louisiana Tech can't play for a bowl game. They're not going to be bowl eligible as of coming into this week. And they scheduled to use their homecoming. So, I mean, I think if Sam Houston has one thing going forward, it might be kind of the mental factor of, of all of this. We got a chip on our shoulder and they're coming in kind of low. So, if there's one thing we can kind of lean on, it might be that. Yes. I also want to say La Tech only lost to North Texas by three, um, which doesn't look like such a bad loss. Now at all, North Texas is uh, the semi-decent FBS team, uh, so there there is that. Look, guys, if you're if you're listening to this, you're playing on Saturday, or if you know somebody on the football team, make sure you let them know that La Tech put you as home cup. Because if you you know at this point in the season, we got to generate as much uh, motivation as we can, and being being a homecoming opponent, I think is the perfect way to generate that uh that kind of extra motivation you need to focus this week yeah and you've got to find things to to win i mean 
you're not going to be bowl eligible. You, I mean, that's just not possible. You're not able to, I don't know. There's just not a lot to compete for when you really think about it in the grand scheme of things, but um, they schedule you as your homecoming. You got to find that and find that chip on your shoulder to be able to go out there and compete in a high level. Nothing, man. They have played well at home. They beat FIU at home. Uh, they beat Northwestern State at home. We won't get into that uh, right now. They lost to North Texas by three at home, and they lost to Western Kentucky by only seven at home. And in New Mexico State, they lost by three at home. So they've tended to play a little better at home. Uh, I'm sticking with my 27-24 uh, latte. I just there's something about it that tells me I, I I don't think I can trust either team. And in that case, go with whoever's at home. I guess. Yeah, it's crazy how similar they are at home. I mean, how many one-possession losses we've had at home, and I don't know, they've had, what, three one-possession losses at home. I mean, it's crazy how how similar they are. It is, and uh, we already hate them because we've made ourselves do it. That's just yeah. how rivalries work, Ben. Yeah, and we'll, we'll, uh, we'll let them know. We'll let them hear it if we, uh, if we win, and if we don't, none of what they say is, is valid. <laughs> <laughs> That's how it works, right? <laughs> That's the best way to go out today, Ben. You, only you to go out as a winner. The only way to go out of this podcast that has at times gone off the rails is to just go back off the rails. Yeah, I mean, if we win, we'll let them hear it. If we don't, none of what they said matters, and we won't even hear any of it. Yeah, and uh, don't even come at us. We don't even want to hear from you. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's that's what it is. Yep. Yeah, there it is. <laughs> Ben, thank you so much for uh, being on here and doing this with me again this week. And we want to say thank you to you, the listener and the viewer, uh, because without you, we're not able to do any of this. You know, we're we're glad you want to hear us, even if it's a little bit silly sometimes. And maybe you enjoy that. I don't know. But until next time, Ben. Take us out with something that's going to lead us to a win in Ruston. Beat the Bulldogs and blue and red is a hideous color combination. You've got to beat your Bulldogs.